Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He's also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And he is he is a happy man today, but he's also a sad man today, I feel like. Happy because he gets his padded practice, but also sad because he knows it's one of the very few... Maybe the only one that, that we're going to get while we're here. What's tomorrow's situation looking like? I don't, on? I don't know. Wednesday's a walkthrough. Friday's a walkthrough. And Tuesday and Thursday are practices. But I don't know if they're going to be in pads those days or not. I'd like to believe that the coach would put them in pads. Wouldn't you think uh, back-to-back? I would sure hope so. But, yeah. I mean, th- this coach has uh, surprised me before. Uh, we did get our very first padded practice of camp on Monday. Uh, that's when we're recording this podcast here on Monday night. And Brian, I know uh, you were out there for much of it. And, I was. Uh, any any big overwhelming takeaways? What what's the big shining example to you? What, what are you looking at as the headline? Because this is always an interesting time. Because when the pads come on, two things usually happen: guys who have maybe impressed us the first few days mm-hmm. kind of disappear, and then some guys who didn't flash much at all. All of a sudden, the pads come on and they level up a little bit, and and their skill set shows up a little bit more. So what were some of the headlines for you coming out of this one? Did you see the quarterback throwing the ball today? Uh, I did. Dak Prescott? I did. I kind of felt like today was one of those days. He did have the interception in the middle of the field to Malik Hooker. What was down really the left sidelines is what he – and it's kind of like to me he was like he was maybe trying to throw it away or just – Give up on the play, and I, I think that's it, it, Deshaun Wright's interception as much as yeah, it was Hooker's. Because yeah. Deshaun Wright had Cooks just pinned. I know that, but but you know Cooks, the receivers. I felt overall probably had a pretty good day today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really liked what uh, you know what you were, what even when you know with Turpin made a couple yeah. of plays uh, today. Cooks, you know, under the route again. I talked about that interception stuff like that, but there was one time where Cooks ran between. It was Curse. And Hooker couldn't carry him, and he ran through, and Dak hit him. Felt like Dak threw the ball well underneath. I thought the th- throws they had to make underneath, I thought were pretty good today. Didn't feel like that he was really kind of struggling in, with any of his throws. Um, I watched the uh, in the nine on seven, which is a complete run period. 
I was watching the offensive line. It was the first offensive line versus like twos and threes of defense. Yeah. And it wasn't a very pretty scene uh, for the defensive linemen or the front seven. And they really, really struggled. I know Osa was in there one time. He was able to make a play. I don't think he was in there initially when they when they ran um, when they were doing the run. Uh, you know that nine on seven period. So I felt like the offensive line got the best of those guys in that first period. I kind of felt like too there was some struggle at the the two linebackers. Devin Harper was in there, and then also though with J- uh, Jabril Cox. So both those guys got it got caught up in some stuff. Um, you know, it looked like to me that there was there was some physicality coming off the ball. Uh, you could tell the pad levels and stuff like that. Defense just quite wasn't where it needed to be. I know there was one time where um, Chauncey Golston made a, actually made a nice play. So Osa Golston, but everything else was kind of a one of those uh, you know where you felt like that maybe the offensive line coming off the ball was able to get the best in that nine on seven. There was some gaps. There was some creases. And uh, it, 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 the defense just wasn't winning like what the offensive line was. No, and you're right about that. And that's why it was so stunning to me why, uh, you know, at the end of practice, when they got in those third and fourth down situations yeah. they were practicing, the defensive line, then they took over. The pass rush took over, yeah. and it, it completely flipped and became a dominant period for the pass rush, particularly Micah Parsons, yeah. who – hit Tyron Smith with the old Reggie White hump move yeah. and knocked him on the ground. You know what? Somebody asked me about that during the you know the show uh, on 105.3 The Fan about you know, how did Tyron look, and I couldn't – I know that Parsons had a couple of different pressures, and I didn't remember from what side they were. And then you showed me the clip of Tyron Smith, and I'm like, holy jeez. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah, but that – that right there, uh, it tells you a lot about the power that that Micah. Now, I'll say this about Tyron Smith. When Tyron Smith has had problems as a blocker, it's when he gets on one leg. Yeah. You know, and it was clear that he set wide to get to Parsons, but Parsons was able to. And, and, and Tyron's had a history where the rush comes inside. He can't push off his left foot. And get back inside fast enough. So yeah. he really was a one-legged football player. And Parsons did a great job of when the weight transferred from the right to the left. He just, like you said, he hump moved him, and then he was able to get in on the on the sack. There was a couple of times on some pressures where Dak was just had to run the football, just get out of trouble. Just you know, it wasn't like it was more like he was running more pissed off than he was. Okay, I've got a purpose to go run here. I've got a, I just I can't find anybody downfield, so I'm just going to run the ball here. Yeah, no, I, that, that was the exact way that I had viewed it. It was, it was just almost a little bit more out of frustration. It was a lot of frustration with that. A lot of frustration. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's it's funny. I was I was watching today, and I know one of the things that we were looking out for. You mentioned the receivers uh, a second ago. I know one of the things that we were going to look out for was you know when pads came on last year, Jalen Tolbert struggled. Yeah. Jalen Tolbert didn't have a big day today, but Jalen Tolbert made a couple of nice catches over the middle of the field. Uh, There was one where he got clotheslined by Devin Harper after catching the ball, but he he caught it. He wasn't afraid to go in there, take the contact. So I was at least encouraged that Jalen Tolbert didn't completely wilt today like we had seen last year. Yeah, this time last year, everything with Jalen Tolbert was like body catching. 
everything was real tight because he wasn't getting separation. I don't think he really knew what he was doing assignment-wise. So all of a sudden now you're running assignments. You think you're in the right spot. Maybe I'm not in the right spot. Now ball comes your direction. You're trying to body catch, and then that gave the defenders opportunities. We're seeing Jalen Tolbert extend his hands a lot yep. more in these, uh, you know, because I made a purpose to watch the receivers in pre-practice up on the platform, you know, and they're doing a really good job of working on trying to extend that the, the routes, making sure that the, when they plant, they explode, and then they're able to extend when the ball comes their direction. Now another receiver, uh, the guy that I think may have had the practice of the day, the guy that really Turpin? stood out to me today. No, no, no. We'll, we'll talk about Turp here in just a sec. But uh, the guy that stood out to me was Jalen Brooks, the yeah. seventh-round receiver. That that was something that, you know, we we hadn't watched Brooks during the draft process. That was one of the guys that we had missed. And when they picked him, I know we both went back and watched him. We came yeah. away, we were like, man, he fights for the football. He will do that. He, right. he shows toughness. And you saw that again today. He's very tough. He's got a good catch radius. He's somebody who I thought one of the things you saw a lot today was he's he's pretty savvy with some of that hand fighting with the DBs a, a, along his route. And, uh, you know, he shows really good hands, uh, an ability to work back to the football. He shows a good catch radius. Like I said, it's he was somebody that I think was really impressive today, made a lot of plays, and somebody that, you know, we're hearing Dak Prescott, and I'll touch on this again here in just a second, but we're hearing Dak Prescott, I feel like, more vocal during these practices than in years past. Right. And he was consistently throughout the practice just calling out, uh, you know, that's how you do it, 8-3, way to go, 8-3. Yeah. He, he seemed to be really high on what Jalen Brooks was doing today. Well, you hope that what happens with Jalen Brooks that he continues because there's some things in the in the, um, the the practices that were leading up to the padded practice today where he was making some catches in these practices. You know, so you were seeing with the routes – uh, there was uh, in the um, two-minute drill the other day with uh, with uh, Cooper Rush. He had back-to-back first downs that he was able to. And you watch him play at South Carolina. A lot of his routes were underneath. Yeah. A lot of drives, arrows, things where he where he's running really fast. And you know you have to be almost fearless playing that way, catching the ball. You know Spencer Rattler underneath running after catch and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's good to see him kind of carry some of that over, which you always worry about with these rookie wide receivers is when they keep adding more weight to the wagon, are you able to keep up? Are your legs sore and tired from all the running you're doing? How is that like, you know, how will that, you know, are you going to f- find a way to hit that wall? And as long as he as long as he maintains what he's doing right now, I think he's done uh, well enough to where you know he's ca- catching people's eyes for sure. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Simi Fajoko, but I mean I think honestly, just given what we'd seen through some of the early practices, and then especially today when the pads came on, to me, Jalen Brooks has had a better camp to this point than Simi Fajoko. I've noticed him far more. The one thing I noticed about Simi Fajoko was the interception that clanged off him the other day. Yeah. And other than that, I really can't say there's much other than, too, that he he's like his uh, receiver brothers that wear the one tight and the other tight's cut. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Simi Fajoko needs to do something other than fashion statements. He's got there and make some plays. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I, I just mentioned there uh, a few seconds ago about Dak chirping a little bit, talking to uh, talking to Jalen Brooks. And it's interesting. We, we noticed 
a big line here, and we can talk about some of this here in, in a second, uh, what C.D. Lamb had to say about the communication and things like that in the interview we did with him on 105 Through the Fan. But, you know, communication has been such a big talking point for the Cowboys over the last, gosh, I don't know, um, nine months or so. Middle of last year, communication became a, a highlight point for them. It's something that they've really focused on this offseason. And Dak Prescott has always been vocal. You always see him talking to guys, but you usually cannot hear him at practice. Right. He's usually not so vocal that I can hear what he's saying. Uh, that's that's changed this offseason. I can hear the things that he's saying to guys for the first time where he's really kind of taken a commanding presence. Uh, we've talked before about, you know, during OTAs when he was instructing Jake Ferguson on how to turn, and Jake Ferguson told us, you know, yeah, he. I remember that vividly, how he said it was the best possible way that he was getting on me. But, you know, I told you about the other day, he was doing drills, throwing passes, uh, doing routes, and he had to stop down and tell Kevontae Turpin, he said, that is a tight 16. It's yeah. 16, Turpin. It's not 15. It is yeah. 16. Yeah. And, and had to really get on him with that. Today I noticed he was out there throwing to the tight ends and three consecutive routes in a row uh, thrown to the tight ends. Princeton Fant, the rookie from Tennessee, the undrafted free agent rookie tight end. Dak was was on him a little bit yeah. and, and told him, he, he said, you know, come on, I need more. Yeah, yeah. I, I, need you, I need you to run through that. And told him, like, come on, I need you to finish this. Mm-hmm. At one point he, he made this kind of one-handed catch and he said, Two hands, fan. Two hands. Mm-hmm. He said, "This is it. This, doing this. This is how you make bad habits." And well, so that's he's, the problem. He's and very. But do you blame him? No, 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 not. I mean, no. I mean, that's what I I'm saying. It. I mean, I don't blame Dak Prescott at all for talking about communication. I thought the interview you guys did with Ceedee Lamb was outstanding. Talking about Dak, I think that Dak's to the point that he does not want to take, continue to have to take blame for mistakes that are made in routes or with technique. You know, he wants everybody to know, listen, hey, you know, two hands fan or the uh, Turpin run it, you know, it's not 15, it's 16. I'm going to throw the ball to 16 if you're not there. I, I think this is the time where Dak Prescott has just had enough. I think he's had enough of like, you know, if I'm going to sit there and get interceptions pinned on me, because you guys aren't running the right routes or you're not playing with the right technique, that's going to be on you. That's not going to be on me anymore. I I, I spent the last year taking the heat. And CeeDee Lamb even told you guys that it was a lot of it was on, you know, it was a lot of it was on the, on the receivers and some of the routes that they ran. Yeah. I mean, CD took blame. He took blame. For two himself. Yeah. And Dak was, I think Dak was to the point where he just, he's, you know, he's going to throw some picks but, you know, it's is it on him? We'll see. But he's not going to allow these guys to let balls clang off them or run sloppy routes. He's just not going to do it anymore. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think that it's anything where we're, we're getting an angrier Dak or anything. No, I, but I think, he's, I think he's, tired just, of, he's tired of standing up there and having to answer your questions about throwing interceptions in games. Yeah, I, and I think he's, he's somebody who – these this has always been the standard. I think I, I don't think that that's any different. I think he's just coming into that that comfort that that voice that we see so many quarterbacks come well, into about this point in their career. Like you well, know, he's you, always but the leadership part. He's I always mean, but, commanded the huddle, right? But you're talking about actually hearing him more. Yeah, and I and I I just go back to every week him having to stand there and answer for 
hey, I've got to be better. I've got to be better today. Well, no. How about CD, you have to be better. And Michael Gallup, you have to be better. And Dalton Schultz, you had to be better. You know, I mean, those, I think Dak's to that point now where he's like, okay, you know, the, the offensive coordinator is gone. I mean, as far as Kellen Moore, gone. So now it's like, okay, well, we'll see with Brian Schottenheimer and Mike and how they handle things. But, you know, if, if we're going to believe CeeDee Lamb, which we probably will, Dak Prescott is, has a big investment in what's going on with this offense as far as how it's going to right, before work. Before we move on to the next to, topic here, uh, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music. Like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, you know, we, we had, like you mentioned, Talked to CD Lamb on 105 through the fan in Dallas. And CD had said, you know, we asked, like, what are the differences between the McCarthy offense? The standard question. It, it was honestly a softball that he could have, yeah. you know, answered any way he wanted. CD Lamb chose to answer it very directly and very yeah. honestly. Told us during the interview, hey, my my strategy in talking to media these days is just answer honestly. Don't yeah. try, don't try to come up with some answer beforehand and guess what their questions are gonna right. be. Just be comfortable and answer the question honestly. And his answer was really interesting in that he said, you know, I, I don't know that we can really say it's Kellen calling plays or Mike calling plays and said, as much as anything, this is going to be Dak versus the D coordinator. Mm-hmm. Dak is going to be the one getting up to the line. Right. There will be an initial call put in, but Dak's going to get up there and Dak's going to decide what we're going to do. Right. And I, I find that really interesting because what would have – I don't think Kellen Moore would have been opposed to that. I think Kellen Moore would have wanted that and encouraged that. So why with the departure of Kellen Moore, i got to wonder why is that the case now? 
like, like that that's the case that he's out there. It's just something to think it out loud a little bit. Well, but it, do you, are, you, are you maybe are you maybe saying that you feel like that Mike McCarthy doesn't want to be the prime? Well, I shouldn't say doesn't want to be the primary play caller, but he's used to a quarterback that making those checks, making those checks, and making those calls. Yeah, his if you look at what he did in Green Bay, it was. Rogers like static offense. Don't move. Don't do this. Don't do that. So he could call the plays and get him in and out of stuff. You know, maybe that maybe maybe Mike McCarthy is okay with his quarterback being that guy. That you know, okay, I'm going to put it on you. I'm going to send in two plays, and you tell me which one, or you put us in a play that we have a have a chance to succeed in. You know, Mike Mike has gone through this where he as a primary play caller. He's had a Hall of Fame quarterback as his court as his quarterback, which is calling plays. You know, and that and that's something that Aaron Rodgers, we've seen plenty of time, even you know, even with the former, even with the you know, the Packer coach with LaFleur now, yeah. like Rodgers will like they'll send in a play and Rodgers looks over that like to look at him like, what are you no? What kind of stupid play is that? Yeah. No. So maybe McCarthy's to that point too, where he's like back in year eight. You know, if we give him what ideas we want to do, we send in plays, game plan this, let's put it on him to make these calls. Do you, and this is a, a completely separate question maybe from, you know, the, the the normal question of Dak's reads, his post-snap reads. One of the things I've you'll hear a lot when you talk to people around the league is people, I think, feel like Dak's pre-snap recognition is better than his post-snap recognition. Sure. I, I think he I think he does well at both. But consistently one of the things I've heard is people feel like he's pretty good at identifying things before the snap and being able to tell where, where things are. It's usually some of the post-snap stuff and mm-hmm. you know, a linebacker sitting that he misses or something like that. Or he gets fooled. Yeah. Do you yeah. do you think and quarterbacks get fooled? I mean that that happens in the NFL. Do you think that's an embrace then of the skill set in, in terms of do you think that's the the team trying to embrace Hey, he seems to be really good at being able to identify. Yeah. So let, let's let's let sure, him get us yeah, into the right that, play. That, it could be a situation too where Mike is Mike understands that you know that he really doesn't, and this is going to sound terrible, that Mike really doesn't want to call the plays. Yeah, you know, Mike is like okay with okay. I will give you an idea of what I'd like, but if you want to check it, you know. Yeah. That's that you know he's it, it could very well be that that Mike does you know he's like I don't want to sit there and have to you know I, I'm not I'm not Kyle Shanahan I'm not Sean McVay I don't want to really try and learn and and put together new that's why again that whole thing with seventy percent of the you know offense will remain the same you know yeah. they're the ones that threw the numbers out there not us you know what's the other thirty percent of the offense hell I saw a screen today. Uh, actually, a screen pass that worked. Parade in downtown Dallas tomorrow at nine a.m. <laughs> Get ready. But see, that's what I'm. That's I, I don't know if Mike really wants to be that grinded out. You know, hey, I'm gonna. You know, I'm, I'm calling plays. I'm I'm stealing from the Rams. I'm stealing from the 49ers. I'm stealing a little bit from my old Green Bay days. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he really wants to do that. What would you say? Let's just uh, we'll we'll move back. And that's, some and that's what I'm saying. I kind of feel like that maybe he's telling Dak, "I will help you. I will give you guidelines. But if you feel like that you can do this, and they, and they have comfortable doing that, 
They're going to let it go. Getting back to some of the the more particular camp discussions, just got a, a little rabbit trail there just from the fact that we were talking mm-hmm. about the receivers and CD and everything. But getting back to some of the camp stuff, today, I know one of the things you watched closely, I did not watch it nearly as closely. I know everybody else does, but I knew I'd already missed some. So once you're already behind, you don't want to, you know, jump in too late. The kicking situation, yeah. did did you feel like one guy was better than the other today or was, well, it, was it, it was pretty straightforward? Okay. Myself, Todd Archer, John Mishota, we had a little system working pre-practice. Uh, I stood under the goalpost, and Archer was and Mishota were standing at the yard lines that these guys were kicking from. So mm-hmm. Archer and them were able to kind of get, you know, I was either it was good or no good guy. Yep. I was the referee today. And what uh, Viscaino was 5 of 7, and this is pre-practice, mm-hmm. 5 of 7. His misses were from 33 and 45 from the middle of the field. Oh, dead center on both Dead center, yeah. And then Aubrey was 5 of 7. His misses were from 43 left hash and 45 right hash. Okay. So they both were 5 of 7 to start pre-practice, you know, stuff. The uh, the, uh, actual, I would say it's not pre-practice, but practice, but... When they get into special teams, warm-ups, warm-ups. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with snap, hold, and all that. Yeah, when they went, when they went, okay, big moment or what do they call Mojo that? Moment. Mojo moment when they play the music and yeah. everybody gets excited. And Bones Fossil announces kicking competition, kicking competition. Yeah, you're like, bring out your dad, bring out your dad, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, so. Both kickers got uh, opportunities here, uh, three opportunities each. It was kicked from the 38, the 44, and the 48. We went left hash, right hash, and then middle. All kicks were made. Good. So three for three for both guys. So five of seven in the special teams portion of practice. Mojo moment, three for three for both guys. Uh 38, 44, and 48 all makes for both kickers. Now, I know you have said before that one of the things you do look for with kickers is that when you watch them, you do want to hear it. You, you want to hear it a certain way. I got to say, I was that was something I was listening for today. I didn't hear anybody. Viscaino? Viscaino is the one who, there were a couple of them that he hit that it sounded boom. A couple well, for me. he's the guy that. But I heard a lot of splat. It sounded that, like the, splat with the, both the, of them. The, the, with this guy in, and this is the first time I'd seen Aubrey kick. Mm-hmm. So the first time uh, with this guy, well, with this guy in today or at OTAs, was the further back, the thinner he hits it. Seems to be. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a. It's not that boom. You know, it's that thump that you know, and then the ball is going and it's up the upright, not just. To me, the longer this guy in, it's kind of a it hit. And then the ball is just kind of, and it dies. It's like watching somebody putt really well in golf. That they, they putt it, and it rolls, it rolls, it rolls, and it dies in the hole. It yeah. just dies in the hole. And that's what I kind of feel like with Viscaino that at OTI was seeing that. But, you know, the, standing under the goalposts, you're looking for those balls that are hitting, they're going through high. Yeah. Not just barely getting a puck across the, the crossbar. Yeah. So. Now, did after watching this today, and obviously it'll continue on, 
But after watching this today, do you believe I, the team's kicker is on the roster see, right now? See, I, I was asked that question on Twitter, and I said no. I don't think so either, based off of what I saw today. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, this it, it's it's not – I will say this. I don't think it's nearly as bad as it was this time last year with Garibay. Oh, man. And Hyra and Lahu, where Hyra oh. Lahu couldn't make anything over 45, it felt yeah, like. Yeah. And Garibay couldn't – kick the ball in the same zip code. They had to be really happy today that the mojo moment was a 3-3. Yeah. Because, you know, when the first, when at first I was thinking, okay, well, maybe we're going to get, you know, two of four here. Maybe we're going to get, you know, three of six, you know. I was a little bit worried about that. Now, the other news that came out today uh, after practice had ended, uh, Ronald Jones Gets yeah. the PED suspension. He yeah. will miss the first two games of the regular season. We've kind of talked about Ronald Jones as being a potential bubble player, being a fringe player. Definitely veteran insurance against, hey, if our young guys don't work out here, we, we've got something to fall back on. Uh, so that is what it is. The suspension is what it is. On the football field, uh, what have you... What have you noticed about the running back competition behind Pollard? Has anybody stood out? And is there anything you've seen from Ronald Jones during this camp so far that makes you think, well, he was he was performing well enough that that he's probably still got himself some leeway even with the suspension? I will say this: I, I think that when you look at uh, when you look at Deuce Vaughn, you could see the explosiveness and the quickness yes. of him. I'll tell you what was interesting today. There was a, a um, our. Uh, <laughs> Our young man Isaiah Ladd mm-hmm. was was rushing off the edge, and he was uh, he was working against I think it was uh, well let's go mm-hmm. he was working off and and all of a sudden Rico Dowdle chipped to his side and completely destroyed Isaiah Land. I think they like Dowdle the most. Yeah. And I, I know fans like Malik Davis the most, yeah. it feels like. I think this team likes Dowdle the most. It's 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 interesting because I was like, okay, there you go. There's a, there's some there's some blitz there's some pickup. I didn't know blitz pickup, but there's some pickup right there. And so I think that to me that Vaughn is going to get a lot more opportunities. You know, with Ronald, like Ronald Jones ran the ball hard today. In, I mean, he and Davis and those guys in that nine on seven period, but there were holes. There were holes. Now, they weren't getting taken to the ground. There were a couple times, like I said, that um, Golston tackled and Oso Digizua made a tackle. Yeah. But other than that, they had some free room to run. And so I, uh, but I, that's another one that I'm not totally sure that you have the, the, the third guy here, you know? Really? That maybe maybe that's where if there's surplus at a certain position that the Cowboys could trade for a running back. You know, linebacker, running back with the two spots. That I was kind of thinking that. I did notice Ronald jo- Ronald Jones, I think, has looked okay. He, has, he hasn't flashed. I mean, Dowdle and Vaughn have flashed yeah. at, at different times. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. Vaughn in open space is tough. Yeah. Vaughn is tough. Uh, and I mean, we knew that. You can see that right. on the state. Right. Uh, but I, the, one of the things I did know, say again, we're right on top of practice. We can hear yeah. some things. Oh, yeah. I did hear Ronald Jones getting a little bit of a stern talking to during some nine on seven. Well, yeah. when, when the ball got snapped and Dak, you heard him go, 
hey. And he looked, and Ronald Jones wasn't there, and you heard it. He catches the ball, and he runs down the field. And somebody said, hey, you were the hot. And he goes, oh, I didn't know that was hot, which is the hot read. It's the the blitz is there because they simulated a blitz, and Dak had to get rid of the ball. And he's like, where's Ronald Jones? Why is he not here to catch the ball? And so obviously there wasn't going to be any contact. So whenever Ronald Jones turned around, Dak still threw the ball, got the pass. Mm -hmm. But there was a little bit of a, a, oh, sorry, didn't realize I was hot there. Didn't realize I was the guy that uh, needed to be the dump off. And that's. That's something that when we talk about Ezekiel Elliott, that's something Ezekiel oh, Elliott has always been. On. That, that's something that Zeke has always had the, the awareness of, I think, yeah. is, is turning, looking oh, no, for the ball, knowing. Like, Zeke was always a reliable hot read. When that, when that thing went down today with Ronald Jones and all that, I could see Jerry in the meeting rooms over there telling everybody, I tell you, we need to go get Zeke before, uh, first Bill, thought I had. before Bill Belichick does. It was, <laughs> it. it was the first thought I had. I know it's the first thought a lot of other people had. Right. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music, like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. 
All right, uh, that is our recap of the first pad of practice of Cowboys training camp. We are now going to transition over to the Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag, uh, where Brian, I know, solicited some questions earlier today. And thanks, everybody, for asking questions. I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we, we always appreciate you guys and, and you guys reaching out. First question here from Todd Corey. Uh, he's saying, I'm really hoping Matt Farniak is performing well so far. No, it's early, but he could provide d- valuable depth inside. I will say Matt Farniak most stood out today for being the one who got involved in the only fight we had today. Yeah, kind of weird, wasn't it? Which it was a little interesting. Uh, I think Mike McCarthy Did he said, get shoved? So I, I don't know who started he, it. He put his hands out like, why, why, why am I getting shoved? You know, I don't know who started it. I know when I looked over... There was some shoving between Wanye right. Thomas and right. Matt Farniak. And Wanye Thomas is kind of a tough dude. He is. And there was there was some colorful language you could hear oh, all yeah. the way out in, in the middle of the field. I also noticed Dexter Fowler or uh, Dexter Dante Fowler yeah. and Tyler Biotish were both yeah. uh, right in the middle of that. Fowler looked like he was trying to more just kind of split people up. Yeah. Biotish was talking to Wanye Thomas and telling him to, to back off a little bit. But Farniak stood out because that we've talked before. They like him a lot, and yeah. he, he's absolutely been in there getting first-team reps. I, I think that Matt Farniak is firmly in the 2023 plans on this roster, and maybe more than that into the future. Yeah, I talked to some folks before practice that were in the front office, and I asked any update on Martin, and they said no, nothing new to kind of speak of there. They're kind of just hoping for the best there. But the one guy that has been able to kind of hold up in those in that backup situation because of no Zach Martin has been Farniak. He gave up a sack in a previous practice, but for the most part in the pads, I thought he did a pretty solid job today. I thought he did a good job in the nine on seven stuff. Uh, you know, he's a tough guy. They they really, really respect the heck out of him. Um, you know, they feel like he could play a couple of different spots and be just fine. So uh he's he's going about it the right way. I'll say that. And you know, anybody else that's playing the right guard spot, it seems to be a struggle. You know, and that's that's guys like Josh Ball as well. Uh, this question from Dean Julia. We've ah. thrown a Dean Julia question in there in a little while. Uh, mm-hmm. But he says, how quickly once the pads go on and moving forward, will we be able to see if DQ can unlock some pass rush in Mozzie Smith? Okay, so Mozzie Smith today, that was one of the guys that I know we had highlighted and said, hey, when yeah. pads come on, we're going to hopefully get a better idea. He was double teamed all day. Yeah, I, uh, didn't, I didn't see anything that made me like go, whoa, that was a, that was a, you know, like with like Osa, you saw an upfield tackle for loss. Yep. For Golston, you saw upfield tackle for loss. Uh, with Mozzie, I did not see anything that was like, are they pushing the front? Are they, you know, are, are they doing things? I, I need to figure out a little bit more. See, this is where, if this team would just do one-on-one pass rush, you could learn a lot about Mozzie Smith, the pass rusher. I don't know if we're ever going to learn anything about Mozzie Smith, the pass rusher, until we play Jacksonville in that first preseason game at 4 o'clock at AT&T Stadium. I don't, I don't think you really, really will. I mean, I, there's, there's, you know, with the way the ball getting out and stuff like that, but... You're right. They're just going to double team the nose. They're going to double team, you know, uh, that the three probably a little bit, you know, with the way they the way they block. So uh, I, I think it's going to be about the nine on seven stuff, and it's going to be about some some team pass rush. But I don't know 
how much you're really, really going to get until you actually get him engaged. Yeah, I mean, he was getting double teamed a lot uh, today yeah. when he was in there, and uh, I didn't really notice him making any plays, but also I didn't notice him on the ground. It, it, no, instance. yeah, it wasn't like he was flopping around or they were running. I mean, Tristan Hill was on the ground quite a bit. Way, 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 way too much. Way too much. And, and Mozzie Smith was not that. No, Mozzie Smith was not on the no. ground. He just was having some. He's he's. Having some trouble. It's his first padded practice. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But it, it wasn't anything where he was getting overwhelmed or embarrassed. Right. He just he was he was a little invisible today. Uh, next question here from John. He says, "Any update on how Hunter Lipke or and or Awesome Richards have looked?" Uh, Lipke, I know we've seen him do some stuff running the ball and catching the ball, doing right. different things. Awesome Richards, I'll say that, that that's somebody who. I think has flashed at times. Yeah. Um, today, I didn't notice him flashing as much. The I, one time he stood out to me today is when he jumped during team period and the coaches said, get his ass out of there, and yeah. he got pulled out of first team. Yeah. Uh, he was getting some first team rotation reps, and they immediately pulled him out when he jumped. And yeah, I, I, don't I think, think he, he was a little anxious there. Uh, yeah. I don't think Austin Richards has been bad at all, and, I, and I'll tell you this. I think he's got footwork. I think he needs to be stronger as much as all these guys do, the young guys. But I am not. I would never ever give up on Austin Richards. I guy played against Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, all those programs, and he he is a very capable tackle. And I feel like he can play right or left tackle. Uh, he's an athlete. I'm sure he got a little anxious jumping off sides. But I haven't seen him give up a lot of pressures or anything like that. No, I've seen him stay with whoever's across from him. Whether it's uh, you know whether it's guys like with you know Fowler rushing on in or Fahoko, uh, uh, yeah, I mean it's you know, it, those those guys are you know even you know even a guy like uh, 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 like Dorrance Armstrong didn't he had a, by the way Dorrance Armstrong with a tight hamstring today yes they're not really worried about it Sam Williams strained shoulder yeah uh, that one's. Probably a little more worrisome. Yeah, that was the, coming out of that MRI. So, yeah, and yeah. so and and you know, shoulders can be a little finicky for yeah, pass rushers, exactly. and so that exactly. that's definitely one that that but, bears watching. But but I, I I'm I'm totally okay with awesome Richards. I really really am. I you know I'm I'm curious. My own question here has. Oh, by the way, Overshone, uh-huh. he continues. He's like lining guys up. Yes. At linebacker. He's high IQ, you can tell. He is like he is out there and he's moving guys and when they're in the coverages and stuff, he is moving moving offensive or excuse me, moving defensive linemen. He's talking to his linebacker buddies, he's talking to his nickel safety linebacker guy. I mean there there's a lot of communication with Overshone out there. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm curious. Has I, I just want to know if he stood out to you because he flashed a couple different times for me, but it's been on third team. I understand that. Has Ben Banagu, the the T, the old TCU edge rusher? I, I have not. I've, I, well, I've seen him a couple different times out there. I need to pay. I need to pay it better attention. It to might it. just be because he's wearing that ninety four and he's a long, yeah. lanky pass rusher. Sure. But man, I, I feel like he's he's flashed a couple different times. Uh, Danny wants to know. Uh, are the Cowboys set in on quarterback, do you think? And just in general, I guess yeah, we've I think, talked about yeah. Dak. What, what do you think about I think, you see yeah. from Rush and Greer? Yeah, so I, think it's, I think it's going to be Rush and I think Greer. I, I think that the fact that Cooper Rush was able to win four out of five games last year, that's that confidence factor. Uh, I think Cooper's done a pretty good job. I think both actually – the thing about Will Greer is he just does not throw the ball very hard. No. 
the ball seems to float on him more. There seems to be a little bit of that ability that that like guys have the ability to drive on his passes a little bit better. Cooper Rush doesn't have a great strong arm either. I think Dak threw the ball really. I think the day off really helped Dak from yesterday. Yeah, D- Dak. I thought for the most part looked really, yeah, but, really well. But I think it's Dak, Cooper, and the third. You know, now with the third quarterback being involved, there, there you go with uh, with your guy. A question here from Byron Jefferson. I haven't been hearing much about Peyton Hendershot at Camper during the offseason. What's going on with him? He has been pretty anonymous, and he's been you know. Whereas I think Ferguson and Hendershot were kind of rotating a little bit at the end of last year and getting some of that same work. Right now, Jake Ferguson for this team is definitively ahead of Peyton Hendershot. Um, I haven't seen issues with Hendershot. He's just been pretty anonymous. There just hasn't been a lot in the way from him. And he had issues last year with the drops a little bit. There were were some of the times that he'd he'd get the bounce off his chest, and you know we saw that in the Tennessee game and the interception. Uh, I think it's just right now he's, he's somebody that, is behind Ferguson, and and when Schoonmaker's healthy, he's behind Schoonmaker. I think you're right about that. Uh, next question here from James. Did the Cowboys get any answers to their questions from one day of padded practice? Do you feel like anything got answered for you today, or do you feel like you got a new piece of information that made you at least feel better about something you were you were wondering? I kind of, yeah, I was worried about with the pads, like, with the offensive line, you know, the running game a little bit, because in the nine on seven stuff, it was all really straight ahead because what have they been working on in without pads? Everything has been kind of the, the edge. Yeah. The sweeps, the outside running game, the, you know, everything kind of perimeter inside handoff. But this today with that nine on seven, that was really some really good, tough inside running. And I don't know if it's an answer, but, you know, guys like Tyron Smith back on the left side, uh, Tyler Smith on the left side. You know, they were kind of running the ball behind those guys, and they were getting some – and, again, it was some backup guys over on the defensive side of the ball. But just the physicality that they were able to play with, I think, was a, a good sign. Is, is it answers? No. But I was a little worried, was the front seven going to dominate the – you know, the Cowboys, the, the you know, the five guys and then the, the tight ends. Yeah. And I don't think that was the case today. I think it was really the – I think the defense came – I mean, excuse me, I think the offense – I know in that period when the when it was down to playing, having to play physical and create gaps and, and running lanes and stuff, the offense was up to the task. I, I know we mentioned a little bit earlier, but I will say the one thing that I feel better about today on day one of pad of practice that I did not feel good about last year after one day of pad of practice was Tolbert. Like, yeah. I mean – that was, that was something that we were going to need to see. So far, I have greater confidence that Jalen Tolbert is yeah. going to progress than I did two weeks ago. Like, two, you know, two weeks ago, I still believed in, in the potential and the upside, but I, I didn't know what it was going to look like. Now yeah. that we're out here and now that we've seen a pad of practice and he's shown he isn't scared. In fact, you know, we, we felt like... I don't know about you. Didn't we feel like he not only just body catch, but didn't we feel like he alligator armed a little he, last he year? Was not, it was not the most comfortable situations for him to be in. No, and this time, I mean, he went right across the middle yep. against Devin Harper. Devin Harper tried to take his head off, and he got right back up and ran the rest of the route down the Absolutely. field after. And so I think that that's uh, an encouraging sign right there. He's showing so far we haven't seen anything troubling from Jalen Tolbert yet, yep. and I think that's a positive. Uh, all right, uh, last question here from Terry Andrews. 
He asks, is it me or does it seem like 25, that's Nashawn Wright, is mm-hmm. getting beat a lot? Every wide receiver making a play has 25 against him. I'll say it's easy to have that happen when Stephon Gilmore's on the other side. By the way, I think Stephon Gilmore has looked fantastic yeah. at just about every practice. That guy yeah. can still play at yeah. a very high level. But I also think Nashawn Wright, I think, has been pretty good been all right. overall. Been like, all right. Yeah, it's just he, he's he, got a tough ass. He get it's it's like there's been some times where he has it's been him having to turn and go with whether it's uh whether it's Gallup or Lamb or Cooks, Cooks is terrifying to these defensive backs right now. All of them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are really – well, I, I will say this, though. Uh, Hooker and uh, and uh, Gallimore, I think we're, we're up to the task a couple of times on some nine routes that Cooks ran. They were you – know, Gilmore were right there, I think, in the – they've been able to cover him yeah. in good shape. But you flip it to the other side, that's tough for – I mean, Wright did a good job in the one interception he had. And he, and then today, and the, with the second interception that Hooker made – That was right. That was right. On uh, Cooks. On Cooks again. So, yeah, he, it's not every single one, but, boy, it's 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 different than going at the other guy. He's going sure. to get picked on. He so the volume, the volume you're going to see some players – Stephon is going to be a guy that doesn't get – a lot of but work, I, but I don't think I don't think he's been bad. I don't think Deshaun Wright's had a no, bad camp. I no. think I think he's looked okay. It's not it's not to the point where he when he's had a chance to be in position and not passes down or get intercepted, he's done fine. He really has a better camp so far, in your opinion, Eric Scott or Deshaun Wright? Whew, I think that I think with I haven't noticed. Scott on the interception stuff. Scott had that breakup on that that deep pass. I got his hand in between. I think, I, I think Scott's acting got some active act, hands. Yeah. Well, he Scott's a right place, right time guy. Yeah. You watch him at Southern Miss. He was right place, right time guy. Yeah. No. And I, I think that that's accurate. I, I have not noticed good or bad. Really, I've not noticed Kelvin Joseph very much in the I secondary either. Uh, I mean, he's he is pretty much exclusively on second team duty. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting here. You mentioned that you thought Malik Hooker has, along with Gilmore, handled Cooks pretty. They much. handled Cooks. They handled Cooks early in practice, but had, they, had, they gave up. A, but but Curse, Curse and Hooker got put on Cooks, and it was a bad bad matchup. Do you feel just to revisit this thing because I know it's something we talked about recently. Do you feel any more optimistic about Hooker right now, given what you've seen from him in, in camp, than what you saw at the end yeah, of the year? Yeah, you know, like I said, uh, if you look at the numbers, if your analytics guys or gals, you know, was it 20 of 27 completions on him kind yeah. of thing? You know, I, I just I don't think you want to put Malik Hooker in a bunch of coverage stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't. And now maybe helping out, you know, being the deep guy, play deep, and, you know, don't let anybody behind you, maybe that's the best thing for him. That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. Hopefully, we got to investigate this. i got to figure out how many more padded practices we actually get to see. I would hope we get one Tuesday. At the very least, we need one Thursday, yeah, I think. Yeah. Come on, if you're going to sandwich it with a walkthrough Wednesday and Friday, you got to give us a, a Thursday one, right? Absolutely. Uh, that does it for us here today, though, on the Love of the Star podcast. Thank you so much to you guys for listening. As always, shoot us any questions that you might have uh, and anything else that you want to know about, and we'll try to run down, the, down those answers for you. Uh, for Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys again next time.